Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Republican Liz Cheney had a lot to say this weekend about former President Trump and her work with the January 6th committee. We'll have much more on that straight ahead. Meanwhile, more signs from Mike Pence that he's trying to break away from his former boss. The pair were on separate stages this weekend in Arizona. Plus, no sick days for President Biden. He was staying busy at the White House while recovering from COVID. We'll have the latest on his health. A very good morning to all of you and welcome to Way Too Early on this Monday, July 25th. I'm Alex Whitten for Jonathan Lemire. So we begin this morning with the latest developments from the January 6th Select Committee over the weekend. Vice Chair Liz Cheney, one of only two Republicans serving on the committee, went on Fox News yesterday to defend the committee's work. She exposed the network's audience to former President Trump's role in the Capitol riot, even noting a key editorial from the right-wing New York Post, which shares the same owner as Fox, slamming Trump as unworthy to become president again. She also pushed back on a talking point some Republicans have been using to shift the focus on the law enforcement response to the riot, questioning House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy's motives and placing the blame squarely on Trump's role that day. It's an entire focus of the investigation. You will see in our report, you will likely see uh, in upcoming uh, hearings. Um, and, and so it's certainly something that we're going to be very focused on. But but what we aren't going to do, Brett, is blame the Capitol Police, blame those in law enforcement for Donald Trump's armed mob that he sent to the Capitol. Kevin McCarthy decided not to participate in the committee, that somehow the House of Representatives cannot investigate the single worst attack on the United States Capitol since the War of 1812. And with less than a month to go until her primary election in Wyoming, Congressman Cheney also weighed in on her political career and whether her work on the select committee could mean losing her job. If I have to choose between uh, maintaining a seat in the House of Representatives uh, or protecting the Constitutional Republic and ensuring the American people know the truth about Donald Trump, uh, I'm going to choose the Constitution and the truth every single day. If you end up losing your job in Congress because of your work on this committee, it will have been worth it to you? There's no question. Uh, I believe that my work on this committee uh, is the single most important thing I've ever done professionally. Uh, It is an unbelievable honor to represent the people of Wyoming in Congress. Uh, And I know that all of us who are elected officials take an oath that we swear under God to the Constitution. Uh, And that oath has to mean something. And uh, that oath means that we cannot uh, embrace and enable a president as dangerous as Donald Trump is. Well, the January 6th committee wants to interview Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. The committee is engaged with her counsel. Uh, We certainly hope that she will uh, agree to come in voluntarily. But the committee is fully prepared to contemplate a subpoena. Uh, if if she does not, um, 
I hope it doesn't get to that. I hope she will come in voluntarily. We've, we've certainly spoken with uh, numbers of people who are similarly situated in terms of the discussions that uh, she was having uh, that you've mentioned. So uh, it's very important for us to speak with her. And, uh, and as I said, I hope she will agree to do so voluntarily, but, but I'm sure we will contemplate a subpoena if she won't. Thomas sent several text messages to Mark Meadows, former President Trump's chief of staff, questioning the results of the 2020 election. She also exchanged emails with Trump's lawyer, John Eastman, who pushed an illegal plan to overturn the election. And she sent emails to almost 30 lawmakers in Arizona calling on them to help overturn Trump's loss in that state. Last month, Thomas responded to speculation. The committee would call her to testify, saying, quote, I can't wait to clear up misconceptions. I look forward to talking to them. Her lawyer has pushed back against voluntarily talking to the panel, asking lawmakers to give a, quote, better justification for her testimony. Meanwhile, the committee's members are staying tight-lipped about whether they plan to make a criminal referral to the Justice Department against former President Trump. But several of them went on the Sunday shows yesterday and had some strong words about his actions on that day. There is a massive difference between I'm going to prosecute the last administration for political vengeance and not prosecuting an administration that literally attempted a failed coup. Uh, that is a that is a precedent I'm way more concerned about. I sure as hell hope they have a criminal investigation at this point into Donald Trump. Um, I have no direct knowledge of the status of their investigations. But what I'd say is, you know, I can tell the Department of Justice is watching our hearings closely. The committee has not decided yet whether or not we'll make criminal referrals. Uh, that's something we take very seriously. And I would also say that the Department of Justice uh, certainly uh, is very uh, focused based on what we see publicly on what is the, the largest criminal investigation in American history. The head of the Secret Service, who is set to retire this week, is pushing back against the notion that the agency isn't cooperating with the January 6th Select Committee. In a statement, Director James Murray writes in part, quote, Since day one, I have directed our personnel to cooperate completely. We will continue to cooperate fully with the House Committee and any other investigative body and remain committed to helping ensure that another such lawless and violent assault on our constitutional process never takes place again. Earlier this month, the Department of Homeland Security's Inspector General revealed that the Secret Service had erased all text messages from January 5th and 6th of 2021 and claimed it was accidental. A follow-up subpoena by the House Select Committee to retrieve those messages was also unsuccessful, with the Secret Service insisting those texts were purged during a pre-planned device replacement program. Let's turn now to the war in Ukraine. Russian missiles hit the city of Odessa just hours after Kiev and Moscow reached a deal to resume exporting grain from the Ukrainian port city. Regional officials say two cruise missiles hit the port city on Saturday, destroying a docked Ukrainian ship and other military infrastructure. Officials say two other missiles were shot down by Ukraine's air defense. President Volodymyr Zelensky denounced the attack and said that it, quote, destroyed the possibility of a dialogue with Russia. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken also condemned the strike, saying that it cast serious doubt on Moscow's credibility to the agreement. And joining us now live from Kiev, Ukraine, NBC News correspondent Josh Letterman. Josh, a very good day to you. So what more do we know about this attack in Odessa and how likely is it going to impact that grain deal between the two countries? 
Well, the Russians are saying that the targets they hit, Alex, were military targets, not the civilian part of the port used uh, for exporting grain and other materials. And so uh, they're suggesting there that somehow that does not violate the agreement uh, that was struck uh, in coordination with the U.N. and Turkey and Ukraine uh, to resume the exporting of grain. But of course, this is raising very serious concerns about whether uh, this deal is viable, whether the Ukrainians uh, can safely uh, sail ships out of that port, uh, given the fact that Russia, within 24 hours of striking that deal, uh, launched two missile strikes uh, at that facility. Now, the Ukrainians are holding out hope that they are going to be able to keep this deal alive, uh, even as they say that this is the latest uh, indication that Russians can't be trusted to do what they say. Uh, but we don't yet know how soon uh, that grain is going to be able to start leaving that port, whether this deal will hold. Uh, but the Ukrainians say they are still working to make progress uh, to start getting that grain out, of course, to address uh, the famine that many uh, world observers are concerned uh, could result uh, if that critical materials and foodstuffs uh, aren't able to get to the countries uh, that are importing them. Absolutely desperately needed, that is for sure. Uh, let's talk about that high-level U.S. delegation that was in Kiev over the weekend. They also met with President Vladimir Zelensky. Uh, share some of the details of that visit with us, Josh. Well, this is the latest visit by uh, high-level U.S. officials, including congressional uh, delegation members, to try to show strong and continuing uh, U.S. support for the military effort here. And in fact, uh, that delegation was led by Congressman Adam uh, Adam Smith, who chairs the House Armed Services Committee. So that was symbolically very important. Uh, Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, who was also part of that delegation, told NBC News uh, that they spent about an hour and a half uh, with the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, and that he was very focused on the need for support before the winter. They do not want to allow uh, the Russians uh, to really dig in for some type of a, uh, you know, pause to really allow uh, the status quo to become uh, settled, particularly as we get into those winter months. And so Zelensky pushing those U.S. officials for more help and more arms now. And in fact, uh, Adam Smith, the House Armed Services Chairman, uh, said after that meeting, uh, that he expects that the U.S. will provide somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 30 of those multiple launch rocket systems, including those HIMAR systems that the U.S. has been giving, 16 of them so far, that the Ukrainians have said are so critical uh, to their ability to really fend off the Russians and to start to reclaim some of the territory uh, that Russia has taken control of here in Ukraine. Uh, so those comments from Smith, uh, the latest indication that this support from the U.S. Uh, is not the end, that it will be only uh, increasing and that more shipments of these multiple launch rocket systems will be on their way, Alex. Okay. As I thank you, Josh Edwin, there from Kiev, want to let all of you know we saw Congresswoman uh, Mikey Sherrill from New Jersey in those videos, part of that delegation. We'll get a firsthand debrief from her coming up on Morning Joe. Thanks, Josh. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? 
Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Top Republicans flocked to Florida over the weekend for two major conferences. On Friday, the state GOP held its annual Sunshine Summit, headlined by Florida governor and presumed 2024 presidential candidate Ron DeSantis. Unlike in past years, the event was largely closed off to the media, with DeSantis only opening the conference center's doors to those who would give him positive coverage. The next day, former President Trump left Mar-a-Lago for Tampa, where the conservative student organization Turning Point USA was holding a summit of its own. There, Trump spoke for nearly two hours, railing against the January 6th committee and any other groups looking to hold him accountable for his actions. There's never been a politician treated. There's really never been, probably in terms of a large scale and length of what's going on, it just never ends. But there's never been a president treated like this. There's never been a politician. And for the most part, there's just about never been a person treated like this. Well, Trump ally and former White House strategist Steve Bannon has been convicted of contempt of Congress. After a swift hearing that featured just two government witnesses, the jury reached a unanimous verdict in less than three hours on Friday. The conviction marks a legal victory for the House Select Committee, which initiated the contempt proceedings after Bannon ignored a subpoena. Bannon will be sentenced on October 21st, and according to federal law, he faces a minimum sentence of 30 days in jail. Bannon has vowed to appeal. The World Health Organization has declared monkeypox a public health emergency of international concern. So far this year, more than 16,000 cases have been reported in at least 68 countries. The United States alone has seen more than 2,500 cases since May. At this point, monkeypox deaths have only occurred in parts of Africa where a more dangerous version of the virus is spreading. Scientists say monkeypox spreads through close physical contact, but it can also spread through respiratory droplets and contaminated items like clothing or bedding. <laughs> wow! Cooperstown! I always try to live my life in a way that supports others, that make a positive influence in the world. And if my story can remind you of anything, let it remind you that when you believe in someone, you can change their world. You can change their future, just like so many people who believe in me. To everyone that believe in me, from my family, to coaches, to teammates, to fans, no, I could not have done this without you. My Hall of Fame plaque represents each, each, each one of you. And I'm gonna thank you guys for the rest of my life. Thank you very much and God bless you all. There you have it, the National Baseball Hall of Fame welcoming seven new members yesterday, including that guy, Boston Red Sox great David Ortiz, who shared those parting words with some 35,000 baseball fans all gathered in Cooperstown, New York. Ortiz on the strength of a 20-year career that included 541 home runs and three World Series titles, becoming the first career-designated hitter to be inducted in his first year on the ballot. 
Meanwhile, in Boston, the defensive struggles for Big Poppy's former team continued. The Blue Jays beating the Red Sox 8-4 to yesterday, completing a three-game sweep that started with Toronto's 28 here it to five win on Friday night. Boston slips to fourth in the American League East, just half a game ahead of the lowly Orioles. Baltimore was held at bay over the weekend by the league best New York Yankees. Aaron Judge slugging his league leading 37th home run in yesterday's six nothing victory that capped up a three game sweep. To City Field in Queens, slugger Pete Alonso woke up the Mets' sleepy bats in an 8-5 win over the San Diego Padres. Alonso driving in four runs on the night to pass the Yankees' Aaron Judge with 82 ribbies there on the season. The Mets will host the Yankees in a two-game Subway Series. Always fun, and that starts tomorrow night. And in Phoenix, Nationals outfielder Victor Robles embraced a new nickname given to him by an opposing pitcher wearing a red nose to yesterday's game after Arizona's Madison Bumgarner called him a clown for celebrating a late-game home run with his team trailing big the night before. The Nationals have the last laugh, beating the Diamondbacks 4-2-3. It is time now for the weather, so let's go to meteorologist Michelle Grossman for the forecast. I'm asking for an explanation as to why it's been so hot. And is there any relief? I know. Oh, well, though, there's some relief for some of us in the Northeast. The Pacific Northwest, you're going to start your heat wave this week. So it depends on where you are. We have 41 million Americans under some sort of heat alert this morning, Alex. We're looking at heat watches, heat warnings, excessive heat warnings. As we head throughout the afternoon hours, we're also looking at the chance for some storms. That's going to bring the relief in the north Northeast. So coast to coast heat today, 97 in Portland, 103 in Fresno today, 104 in Tulsa. You factor in the humidity, it will feel like 107 D.C. You're hot once again today, 95. With the humidity, you will feel like 105, feeling like 95 in Savannah. Then by tomorrow, we're still hot in the Pacific Northwest, Medford 108. Still hot in the Central and Southern Plains as well, Dallas 103, Corpus Christi 95. But you factor in that humidity, it feels like 106. And we're going to keep it warm in the Pacific Northwest. That's going to be the stretch of a heat wave this week. We're going to talk about that as we go throughout this week. In Oklahoma City, Wednesday 102, Thursday in the upper 90s, and by Friday, you're into the upper 80s. So this is what is happening in the Northeast. We have really warm temperatures once again today, but the relief is on the way. That's in the form of a cold front. You can see these showers and storms, heavy downpours as we go throughout the afternoon hours, especially along the mid-Atlantic. But we're seeing storms even early this morning. We did have a tornado watch that's been canceled in portions of northwestern Pennsylvania. 53 million at risk today with winds gusting over 65 miles per hour. That could cause damage on its own. Also, the chance of some damaging hail. A few tornadoes are possible from uh, Maine all the way down to Virginia. So Bangor, Boston, Hartford, New York City, Atlantic City, Salisbury, Philadelphia, D.C., and Richmond. You have the chance of seeing some severe weather. Also, heavy downpours. We're looking anywhere from two to three inches in some spots. That's going to cause a chance of some flash flooding. So be careful as you're out and about. For the rest of us today, we're looking at excessive heat in the Pacific Northwest. We're looking at monsoon flooding in the four corners. That's going to continue this week. And as we go throughout Wednesday, a stormy day in parts of the Ohio Valley. Again, you can see some flooding rains there as well. Still hot in the middle of the country. Temperatures in the triple digits, 104 in portions of Oklahoma. You factor in the humidity. It's going to feel more warm than that. And Alex, we're looking at those record highs continuing in the Pacific Northwest. Back well, to you. I mean, 108 in Medford, Oregon. Folks, there are probably going, excuse me, where am I living? That's extraordinary. Yeah. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top quality personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. 
Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan, backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Welcome back, everyone, to Way Too Early. We are approaching 5.30 a.m. here on the East Coast, 2.30 a.m. out west. I'm Alex Witt, in for Jonathan Lemire. The White House says President Biden's COVID symptoms are improving significantly. The president's physician says his predominant symptom is only a sore throat, and today will be Biden's fifth full day of treatment, along with the antiviral drug Paxlovid. Over the weekend, the president seemed in good spirits and continued to work while maintaining proper distancing measures at the White House. Biden tested positive for COVID on Thursday. He is fully vaccinated and twice boosted. So far, none of the 17 people deemed to be close contacts of the president have tested positive for COVID. So joining us right now, White House reporter for The Washington Post, Tyler Pager. Tyler, good morning to you. Uh, We know that the president is set to give a speech virtually today, but let's talk about how the White House is planning to address all of his health issues this week. What's the latest? Yeah, it's great to join you, Alex. And and I think you're right that the treatment that we've seen the president undertake has been largely successful, as outlined by the letters each day that the White House has released from his doctor, Dr. Kevin O'Connor. And I think we'll continue to see what we saw last week is a lot of uh, virtual appearances from the president to convey to the American people that uh, although he has COVID, he continues to work and and do the job of of president uh, despite being uh, kept away and isolated from the West of the, of the White House staff. But I think it's been a very intentional effort from the White House to be very clear that the president continues to work. I think they wanted to be transparent about the fact um, that the job is continuing. And I think we've even heard even, even more of what the president is doing in the last few days than it's normal for the White House because uh, we have not been able to see him in public appearing virtually at meetings with his national security team, his economic team. And then, as you said today, delivering a speech virtually um, from, from the residents. I think we'll continue to see that until he's able to return to to public life um, and test negative for COVID. Yeah, well, we're very glad that his symptoms have uh, improved significantly, but is there a guesstimate on when we will see him publicly again so we don't have to keep getting these reports of the virtual calls that we're not privy to? From uh, my sources inside the White House, they say the president wants to uh, get out uh, and, and return to the Oval Office and the, and the duties of president that are not uh, just virtual as soon as possible. But I think they're being very clear that that will not happen until he tests negative. Obviously, it's impossible to predict exactly when that will be. But as you said, he's on that Pfizer antiviral pill, Paxlovid, mm-hmm. which usually cuts that uh, those days uh, tremendously. Um, and so I, I think there's an expectation that could be as soon as mid to later this week. Uh, I think there's an expectation expectation in the White House. The president would like to go to his home in Wilmington, Delaware this weekend if he's able to, as he was supposed to last weekend. Um, and so I think they're just going to, you know, take it day by day and see as soon as he's able to test negative. I think very shortly after we'll see him return to the Oval Office and to uh, public life uh, outside of, uh, of Zoom and video cameras. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we have another day or two of this, given that the CDC guidelines say five days of uh, isolation like that. So he's following that to the T. Uh, give me a sense what's top of mind when he 
does return to uh, public life, if you will, what do you think he'll be tackling first? I mean, I think the economy remains the, the chief priority for the president, for this administration. They have been heartened by the, the, the decrease we've seen in gas prices over the last few days and weeks. Um, chief of Staff Ron Klain has been very vocal in, in promoting that, uh, particularly on Twitter. So I think we'll see the president come back um, and likely address uh, some of those economic issues. Uh, I think there's still uh, a window that he would like to see uh, Congress act on his domestic agenda. Obviously, those negotiations have been ongoing uh, for months and months. Um, but that window is closing as we approach the midterm elections um, and potential change of, of power in Congress. Um, and so I think that is another thing that we'll see the president likely be working on. Whether or not we see that publicly or not, uh, I think from talking to people in the White House, that is clear top of mind of the president as he tries to push that uh, piece of legislation, whatever it may look like, over the finish line to get a deal done uh, for, for the American people. Yeah. Well, at least there's one brighter spot with the economy. Gas prices are down a little bit. So that's a good thing. We will take it. As I give you my thanks, Tyler Pager, good to see you. Thank you. It is time now for business. And for that, let's bring in CNBC's Jumana Bersetchi live from London. Jumana, welcome to you. Wall Street, we know, is bracing for the busiest week of corporate earnings, as well as some insights into interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. So what are you anticipating? Yep, very big week coming up for Wall Street. This on back of a rather positive week for U.S. equity markets towards the end of the week last week. The Nasdaq up more than three percentage points for the week. S&P and Dow more than two and a half percentage points. This week we get a whole raft of earnings, namely from the tech companies with the likes of Alphabet, uh, Meta, um, Amazon and Apple all reporting this week. In addition to that all-important Federal Reserve meeting, they are expected to hike by 75 basis points. So another major hike also coming up in addition to U.S. GDP numbers, where some people are anticipating for us to get negative numbers indicating that the U.S. may have formally entered into a recession. So a lot to watch out for this week. You boy, that's not news anyone wants to hear about. Let me ask you about T-Mobile, though, which is now proposing to pay a group of victims $350 million. They're trying to settle a class action lawsuit that was brought by victims of a 2021 hack of all kinds of sensitive customer information. First of all, is the cell phone carrier admitting any liability or wrongdoing in that? Very pertinent question, because even though they have accepted the settlement amount, they are not accepting any liability for wrongdoing. So the total settlement amount is $500 million on back of that data breach uh, that we saw in 2021, affecting 76 million customers. They said that 350 million out of that 500 million will go towards lawyers and towards customers affected. Another 150 million dollars will go towards security improvements so this type of data breach doesn't happen again. I should tell you that T-Mobile have seen five data breaches in the last four years. Hmm. Walt Disney getting a little bit racy here because on Friday they began streaming R-rated <laughs> movies on its flagship Disney Plus streaming service. That's happened for the first time. What prompted this? Yeah, well, good news, I guess, for uh, the, the uh, adult viewers of, of <laughs> Disney Plus uh, with the likes of the introduction of Logan, uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and anyone who's a fan of Marvel also will be very happy to see that they've started introducing some of these R-rated movies. But they've been prompted by competition, simple as that. HBO Max, Netflix have always shown R-rated content. Now Disney Plus are waiting into the picture as well. So far, they were the only major streamer to stick with PG-rated content. So uh, this is just another way that they're looking to compete and attract new eyeballs. Okay, well, we'll see what Mickey Mouse has to say about that one. Jumana Brissetchi, thank you so much from London. 
Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM.